welcome back and good morning i actually have a heartwarming tale for you hopefully you've checked out my interview with the michigan gubernatorial candidate evan space it was really nice getting to talk to him and seeing where he stands and what he hopes to bring to the state and uh, you know it's not always about talking politics you know you can only get so much from a man based on their politics we talked about his service time we talked about his national guardsman experience what he plans to do with firearms in Michigan, how he wants to reform prisons, his pets, his love life, his wife. We gotta know the man himself, his hobbies, his passions, and that's really how you can build uh, a profile on a candidate. Is getting to the more personal matters at hand. Because, you know, come on a mic and they can tell you everything that you wanna hear. They can tell you how they're gonna fix the economy, the jobs, the streets, the government, so on and so forth. By the end of the day, it's hard to tell if those are just words or if they're just promises or whatever. But we got to talk a little bit more about the man's personal life and his background. And through that, hopefully you can get a better sense of the man himself. I think he's a very good man himself. He's actually somebody that I'm potentially willing to endorse. There's two other candidates that I'm eyeing right now. And until I cover the entire roster of the candidates more in depth, I'm not going to say who I'm absolutely not supporting on the Republican ticket and who I am supporting the Republican ticket because there's a couple big names up there. A couple big names. I, I hinted at them in the interview, but I didn't give them out names. I, I mentioned what they did as a profession. A couple big names everybody seems to be quite fond of that I'm just I'm, I'm not on board with yet. They, they say Either they say too much of a good thing and that's it. There's no real depth to it outside of, I'm going to do the right thing that you want to hear. And that's it. Or they have handlers. Now, me personally, when I do inevitably run for some political offices, I will not have handlers. I will handle myself. I will carry myself as a candidate should. And I will not be told when I should and should not speak by somebody I've hired to be my PR team. I will be my own PR team. It's something that really takes away from my trust in a candidate when they're like, oh, I'll take interviews afterwards. And then they're like, oh, but I, I actually, I got to leave. This person who works for my campaign told me I got to go. So I got to go. It tells me that you're not going to be the one calling the shots. And even if you are going to be the one, it does not show me that you're going to be the one calling the shots. I do not like handlers. I do not like politicians that have handlers. I think it made them some that actually hurt Larry Elders in his campaign. Because if you watch a lot of those live streams he did there was that one woman there who kept you know moderating everything kept telling him what to say well not necessarily what to say but you know she kind of moderated the questions and the answers and i just i'm not I, I i lose trust in candidates who do that it's not a good look to me it makes me distrustful of you uh john james he's somebody that i supported in uh 2018 and i lost respect for him when i met him in person because, you know, he told me, oh yeah, I'd love to talk to you after this. And we got talking for a minute in the middle of his first sentence with me. A uh, guy ran over and said, we have to leave, sir. And then he's like, oh, well, sorry, gotta go. And he just left. Perhaps there's something more to it. I don't know. But at the same time, it's a little, uh, it's not a good look. When you're running around following orders, when you should be the one giving orders, basically. That being said... Welcome back to Inside Four Walls. I am your host, James Madison. Welcome back to the show, and we have a very interesting story. We all remember Trump-Russia collusion, don't we? Two and a half years of his first term was drowned in that, including a 4.5 
billion dollar impeachment trial paid for by using mines tax money. Well, Hillary Clinton's attorney and lawyer who propagated this lie has officially been charged with lying to the FBI about Russiagate. From The Guardian, the headline reads, Clinton lawyer charged with lying to FBI during Trump-Russia inquiry. Without any further ado, let's get right into it. Now, if you don't remember what all news outlets sounded like for the past mm, year, two, three years in a row after Trump got elected in 2016, let me give you, I put together a little, a little snippet just for you. It's just a little compilation of what every news outlet sounded like for damn near three years. Was there collusion? Absolutely. Trump-Russia possible collusion. 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 Trump-Russia potential collusion. Trump-Russia potential collusion. We'll start with the Guardian's article first. Mind you, the breaking story itself came from Glenn Greenwald. You know that I'm the president of the Glenn Greenwald fan club here. From his he came to light earlier when he busted the story the story the story the story with Edward Snowden. He was a big key contributor in that story getting out. He was one of the three journalists that spoke to Edward Snowden about the NSA spying on its own citizens and collecting thousands of just absolute incriminating or in many cases, not even incriminating evidence against its own citizens. Where the NSA would go out of its way, if they wanted to get you, they would manipulate audio they collected from you. He also exposed things like Love, Int. If you want to have an absolute nightmare, look into Love, Int. It will be part of my October Spookathon, coming up very soon. Basically, the long and short of it is, there was 13 members, high-ranking members of the NSA, who were using their overreach to spy on former lovers and current lovers collecting nudes, salacious texts, so on and so forth, and releasing them many times to the public on sites like isanyoneup.com. That website no longer exists, but if you know what anyone isanyoneup.com is, well, you already know what they were posting on that. None of them got fired or punished. In fact, most of them got promotions over this. And it was only disclosed about 10 years after the program had started, and it only ended because of its exposure, supposedly. And with things like the NSA, it's very hard to know whether or not something's actually over. Just like we don't really know if MKUltra is actually over or not. In fact, many people believe, with some of the evidence we have coming out now, that MKUltra continued long after its supposed end in the mid-2000s. But this article will go from The Guardian's article, which is a short read, over to Glenn Greenwald's substack himself, and we will read his original story on this topic. So, from The Guardian. Clinton lawyer charged with lying to the FBI during Trump-Russia inquiry. This article is... There is no one credited here. I, I You know I like to give credit to people here, but it, it, it doesn't give an actual name. That is... That is very, very weird. Hmm. It just says Guardian Staff and Agencies. It doesn't give an actual name here. I, that might be because it's Glenn Greenwald who came up, who broke the original story and they're following it along. I don't know. But Michael Sussman is second person to be indicted in William Barr ordered investigation 
of the investigators. See, many people are quick to throw William Barr under the bus. I'm not necessarily saying I wouldn't throw him under the fucking bus personally, but he set in motion a lot of investigations that have gone under the radar and only come to surface when there's a big breakthrough in it. Right now, we have no idea how many of these investigations are still ongoing, and neither does most of the DOJ. (laughs) Anyway, the article begins. An attorney who represented Hillary Clinton's 2016 presidential campaign was indicted on Thursday for lying to the FBI. It's called perjury. The development was part of a social counsel, or part of a special counsel, John Durham's ongoing investigation, of the origins of the FBI's investigation into ties between Russia and former U.S. President Donald J. Trump's election campaign. By now, we have to start figuring out, right, people, that everything the left accuses the right of being is actually what they're up to. Like, Biden was like, oh, Trump has kids in cages, and now we are seeing an overflow and reopen detention centers for these illegal immigrants and migrants coming into America right now. Trump shut down three migration facilities because they were not needed. Biden has reopened them and built, <coughs> excuse me, has built three more on top of that. We have pictures of children sleeping on tarps in dirt, migrants sleeping in underpasses, and some, and I'll be covering this story soon, some of the people we brought over without vetting from Afghanistan have already raped and assaulted multiple women and children. One of them murdered their fucking wife. Then, You have the whole racist claims, and right now we're seeing the Biden administration actually crack down and prosecute more black civilians using illegally obtained information than anyone else. And not to mention, we got this majority report system going on where they're preemptively arresting people for crimes they have not yet committed. I'll be reading that, too. And these are all things that they accuse Trump of doing or wanting to do, and yet we're seeing the left do it. They said Trump is pressuring the media to hide stories. As I recently covered about two, three days ago now, the actual Democrats in office right now are the ones pressuring Twitter and Facebook to suppress Hunter Biden laptop stories. It's all a matter of projection. So you can actually look at anything the left is saying about the right and assume safely they're the ones doing it. Sort of a he who smelt it, dealt it kind of a situation. You know, the he who denied it, supplied it. Back to the article. Michael Sussman He's sus, boys. When imposter is susman. A partner with the Perkins Co. Who has represented the Democratic National Committee in connection with the Russia hack of the organization is accused of making false statements during the 19th of September 2016 meeting with then-FBI General Commissioner James Baker. I guess I'm in my throat. I'm sorry about the coughing. This marks the second criminal case that Durham has filed since the former U.S. Attorney General William Barr taped him in 2019, or tapped him in 2019, to investigate the investigators. Kind of a who watches the watchman situation there. In the U.S. official who scrutinized the Trump-Russia contacts. Trump, a Republican, portrayed the... portrayed the 2016 FBI investigation as part of a witch hunt against them, which it turned out to be. The Russiagate has been dismissed and thrown out the window so many, so many damn times. For example, you know, when he was first acquitted during the first impeachment, he walked out of there. 
By the way, first ever president to not only be fully impeached, but to beat the impeachment. And then he did it again on his way out the office. Motherfucker got impeached twice and left D.C. looking peachy. That just adds to the two-scoop president, doesn't it? One scoop term, but two scoops everywhere else. Three scoops when you look at the Supreme Court. Unfortunately, I don't like most of the people either for the Supreme Court. After Joe Biden took office, Durham was allowed to stay on the special counsel and continue his work. In the indictment, Sussman was accused of falsely telling Baker that he did not represent any client when he met him to the FBI, the white papers, and other data file containing evidence of questionable cyberlink between the Trump Organization and Russia-based bank. Yeah, uh, there was an interesting, I can't remember who this article was written by, but in about late 2018, there were reports that Russia was actually talking, or that Hillary Clinton was talking with Russia and try to get them to rig the system up that so that she might win. And who's to say that that wasn't actually taking part right now? There is some reason to speculate that it actually did take place. It's just Trump won by such a large, massive margin that the amount of fraud they put in place was enough to suppress the vote. And then, you know, we had the impeachment go through where evidence came to light that Hillary Clinton may have been the one actually talking with Russia. And then within a few short hours after that revelation, the whole case was dismissed and Trump maintained his presidency for the next two years after that. Quite interesting. Now, I will go on to speculate that we're going to see this attorney uh, get epstein or McAfee'd. You know, he, he has dirt on the Clintons, and he's being arrested, and he's an old man. He might break and start spilling all kinds of beans. So don't be surprised if you find someone committed suicide for him. You might find him uh, hanging from uh, his uh, his bedpost. You know, his, his little dual bunk bed in prison. You might find him just, just, just swinging by morning. Because there's a... This is a joke, right? Looking... Google Hillary Clinton body count. It's actually real. You know, despite what people like Shoe on Head might want to tell you, no, there's definitely a lot of blood and murders going on with the Clintons. And oh my god, can you imagine what will happen when she fucking dies? When Hillary Clinton finally passes away, fucking whenever that might be. Fingers crossed, any day now. I'm kidding. Maybe. Imagine how many people will no longer be afraid of her and they'll just come out and start spilling the beans. Everywhere. Everywhere. I imagine it'd be quite the uh, quite the leak. I mean, we've already seen so many leaks this year. Half the stories I've covered, when it comes to these revolutionary stories and revelations about what's going on behind closed doors, has come from leaks. Get NSA leaks, CIA, FBI, presidential staff, you name it. I get these leaks out and I read about them read them to you guys, and I publish them on my WordPress as my own kind of take on them. Uh, on a side note, some of this stuff actually ends up in a video format on my Rumble. Now we'll get back to the article. The indictment alleges that, in fact, Sussman had turned over his this information not as a good citizen, but rather as an attorney representing a U.S. technological technolo- technology executive, an internet company, and Clinton presidential campaign. Attorneys for Sussman were expected to deny that he lied. 
the indictment lays bare the wide range of evolving nature of Durham's investigation. In addition to having scrutinized the activities of the FBI and CIA officials during the early days of the Russian investigation, it has also looked at the behavior of private individuals like Sussman who provided the U.S. government with information as it scrambled to determine whether Trump's associates were coordinating with Russia to tip the 2016 election's outcome. Sussman, a former federal prosecutor who specializes in cybersecurity, a side note here, was actually promised, if Hillary Clinton got, got elected, she promised him the position of head of cybersecurity. Now, if I was elected president in 2016, I would have immediately looked at John McAfee and been like, hey, got a cybersecurity position. You want it? I know he's a bit of a wild card, but you know, you gotta get somebody that'll make the swamp fucking panic. And my God, would John McAfee make the fucking swamp panic? I would also look thumb people. I would pardon Snowden, made him head of a uh, head of the NSA, or or at least a commissioner for the NSA. Oh man, make Michael Malice my fucking press secretary. <laughs> It'd be an interesting administration on my watch. So it's been lawyers. Sean Berkowitz, Berkowitz and Michael Bosworth maintain he is a highly respected national security lawyer who has worked in the Justice Department under both Republican and Democratic administrations. So that just doesn't mean anything to me because we see the Uniparty where you have people like John R. of the uh, Supreme Court or you have Mitt Romney and Ron Paul, these people who are just Republican in name only, rhinos, you know? There's actually this online task force that, that busts these people, catches them in 4K, you could say. They're called the Rhino Hunters. Quite the fun bunch to watch. But you have a lot of these old Republicans that just do whatever they're told because A, either they're afraid of what the headlines written about them will say, or B, they just want to keep their cozy little job and keep no drama between them, so they just go along with whatever is said or pressed against them. There, There is no real investigation and there is no real... Republicanism in sight with a lot of these people. Now, you do have the populist Republicans who are taking over, and I feel like the liberal side of the company is going to be outsourced and replaced by people like the Free State Movement and the Mises Caucus, which are vastly growing up and just taking over thousands and thousands of, of these local government positions. Same thing with people like, uh, uh, what's his name, from the War Room. Oh, it escapes me right now. Uh... Let me see if I can find his name real quick. The War Room. Steve Bannon. People like Steve Bannon are really making the right go populist, making the Republicans be what the Republicans were originally designed to be in the first place, a super populist uh, party. So you're seeing these reforms on the level, and a lot of the times you can look at people on Capitol Hill who are pushing back on it. Again, people like uh, Romney comes to mind immediately. You have Speaker, uh, you have the former... Majority leader from Kentucky, who I don't know why I can't think of his name from. Kentucky. You have Thomas Massey, he's another one like that. And then you have uh, Mitch McConnell. These are all people who claim to be Republican, but they very often will go in tandem step with the Democrats in all these moves. Now, Oddly enough, people like Joe Manchin or Christian Cinema are becoming more and more conservative-esque by the fucking day. Because they do their job. They're Democrats who are elected by Republicans to do their job. 
and they do a great job of representing their groups, their states, their counties, and their districts. They actually represent the voters in that area, and they get a lot of flack for it, but they do their job well. Now, they could have done this a little bit better under Trump, but I think they had to see how bad things were going to get when he left. And they're seeing how bad things are actually getting right now. So you see them stepping up their game. They're saying, we'll keep the filibuster. We're not going to raise the debt ceiling. And they actually made some comments recently about how they'll just, if they have to, they'll just let the government be shut down until 2024, which please fucking do. Uh, you know, the economy booms when, when the government shuts down. Now, back. let me finish up this article. The, the department under both Republicans and Democratic administrations, they were confident he would prevail and, quote, vindicate his good name. Oh, his good name. Blessed be thy good name. Adding, quote, any prosecution here would be baseless, unprecedented, and an unwarranted deviation from the apolitical and principled way in which the Department of Justice is supposed to do its work. Ha! Tell me another one! Really? The DOJ? Fucking unwarranted actions? Apolitical? Pfft. Man, next you're telling me the CIA is an upstanding organization with no questionable, at no questionable history whatsoever. By the way, this article was amended five times to clarify in the text of the main image captioned that the person portrayed is John Durham, not Michael Sussman. Now, we hop over to the big dick hero journalist himself, Mr. Glenn Greenwald. I adore Glenn Greenwald. He's he's one of my favorite people when it comes to the world of journalism. Absolute mad lad. He doesn't play anyone's games. He covers the news as it is, and when he makes a claim that turns out to be false, he comes out immediately and goes, hey, I was wrong. But that so rarely fucking happens. So rarely happens. I can't even think of an example of it right off the top of my head. So now, we go over to Glenn Greenwald's substack. The indictment of Hillary Clinton's lawyer is an indictment of the Russiagate wing of the U.S. media. Phew. Glenn. Senpai. Baby. I love you. The DOJ. His new charging documents. Approved by Biden's Attorney General sheds a bright light onto the Russiagate fraud and how journalistic corruption was key. By... Glenn Big Dick Greenwald. Can you tell that I'm a fucking fanboy for this guy? Like, ah, I love him. He is, people called Trump a, uh, a Molotov cocktail against the government. I think Glenn Greenwald is. Because whenever, when it came to Julian Assange, he was in the front man of that. When it came to Edward Snowden, he was the front man for that. When it comes to leaking out White House documents all through Trump and now into Biden, he was the fucking man, dude. He was getting the information out. Fast, reliable, quickly. Loved it. Into the article. A lawyer for Hillary Clinton's 2016 campaign was indicted on Wednesday with one felony count of lying to the FBI about fraudulent Russiagate story he helped propagate. Michael Sussman was charged with the crime by special counsel John Durham, who was appointed by Trump's attorney general, William Barr, to investigate possible crimes committed as part of the Russiagate investigation, and the whole in whose work is now overseen and approved by Biden's Attorney General Merrick Garland. I have very mixed feelings about, Mer- about, about Garland. 
in, in many ways, I think he jumps whenever he's told to jump by the government right now, but he's also gone against Biden a few times, and when he's told to drop an investigation, he said, no, this is pertinent to the people, so we're going to keep the investigation going. But many times when he's told to stop, he just stops and doesn't pursue things. It, he's very much a mixed bag. But I am mixed enough on him that I'm willing to not harshly rip into him right here. But I am very skeptical of him. Sussman's indictment approved by Garland is the second allegation of criminal improperty, impropriety, my bad, regarding Russiagate's origins. In January, Durham security secured a guilty plea from an FBI agent, Kevin Kleinsmith, for lying to the FISA or FISA court and submitting an altered email in order to spy on former Trump's campaign officials, Carter Page. The law firm where Sussman is partnered, Perkins Coie, C-O-I-E, is a major player in the Democratic Party politics. One of its partners at the time of the alleged crime, Mark Ellis, has become a liberal social media star after having served as a general counsel to the Clinton in to the Clintons in 2016's campaign. Elijah abruptly announced that he was leaving the firm three weeks ago, and thus far no charges have been filed against him. Oh wait, what happened? You're you're, you're opening this case again, and you're finding you're finding corruption. You're finding you're finding uh. You're finding that, that, that people I work for lied? Well, I'm not guilty, so I'm just going to quit. Don't mind me. I'm just I'm just moving on. I've got nothing to see here. As he fucking tap dances out, top hat on. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Start with a cane. Dances out the building. Nothing to see here, folks. Right. There's nothing suspicious about that. The lie that Sussman allegedly told the FBI occurred in the context of his mid-2016 attempt to spread a completely fictitious story that there was a, quote, secret server discovered by an unnamed internet expert that allowed Trump's organization to communicate with Russia-based Alpha Bank. In the context of the 2016 election, in which the Clinton's campaign had eval... Uh, evaluated Trump's alleged ties to the Kremlin to center stage. This secret communications channel was peddled by Sussman. You, you like how they're like, yeah, there's this, there's a secret server, this computer device that allows Trump to communicate with Russia. And then we find out about Hunter Biden's laptop full of emails and communications between him and Burisma which is stationed in the Ukraine and his dealings with Russia. You notice what I was saying earlier about the whole projection thing? Yeah! If they accuse us of it, they're probably guilty of it. How many people are... are is it, how, many long, how long is it going to take for people on Capitol Hill to be like, wait a minute, you said we killed a bunch of puppies? And then, like, let's dig into, let's dig into this liberal's yard and see how many dead dogs we find. Oh, look! There's Lassie. There's the entire cast of fucking Homeward Bound. Wow, Oliver and company. Where have you guys been? 
And then Cruella DeVille's wearing a Make the Taliban Great Again hat like, I didn't kill these foundations. Trump did. Right, Cruella, then why are they in your fucking yard? It's all projection. It's not very smart, too. It's like, I didn't rob that bank. He robbed the bank. Sir, no one was asking who robbed the bank. Why'd you say that? No reason. Fuck, you should know. It's like, well, you brought it up. Did, did you rob the bank? No. No. <laughs> what is that voice I just did? Oh, my throat. Ah, center stage. A secret communications channel was peddled by Sussman, both to the FBI and to the Clinton-friendly journalist. As smoking gun proof of nefarious activities between Trump and the Russians. Less than two months prior to the 2016 election, Sussman secured a meeting with the FBI's headquarters with the uh, Bureau's top lawyer, James Baker, and provided him with data which he claimed proved his communications channel. In this, or sorry, it was in the course of trying to lure FBI into investigating the scam conspiracy theory that when Sussman allegedly lied to Baker, by concealing the fact that outright denying that he was peddling the story in his role as lawyer for Hillary Clinton. Yeah, he said, I'm just a concerned citizen. Definitely not uh, working with Hillary Clinton at all. Definitely not her fucking main attorney or anything. Just a concerned citizen. Dirt. For the Hillary Clinton campaign as well, as lawyer for a, quote, tech executive hoping to be appointed as top cybersecurity official in a soon-to-be-inaugurated Clinton administration. Yeah, I have nothing to gain here, folks. I am just a concerned citizen with nothing to gain from bringing this information forward other than knowing I did the right thing. He says while Hillary like, hey, do this and I'll give you a job. Concerned citizen. Remember the last document, the last article I read from The Guardian said that he was just a concerned citizen. And now we know without a doubt that he was an operative for the Hillary Clinton campaign and Clinton herself. And now he's going to end up dead, most likely. Watch. Mark my words. Like, a month from now, I'm going to be reading this motherfucker's obituary. Watch. <sighs> Can't just talk to the Clintons and live, man. I'm waiting for that Gal Gadot lady to end up fucking dead, too. In the soon-to-be-inaugurated Clinton administration, thank God that did not happen. Sussman's claims that he was just acting as a concerned private citizens were negated by numerous documents obtained by Durham's investigation, including bills of records, where he charged the Clinton campaign for his work in trying to decimate this story including his meeting with Baker at the FBI headquarters. The FBI went on a wild goose chase to investigate Sussman's conspiracy theory, but the Bureau quickly concluded that there was no evidence based to believe any of it, as indictment explains. Here's an excerpt from the FBI itself. The FBI's investigation of these allegations nevertheless concluded that there was an insufficient that there was insufficient evidence to support the allegations of the secret communication channel with Russia and Donald Trump. Bank one. In particular, and among other things, the FBI's investigation revealed that the email server at issue 
was not owned or operated by the Trump organization. In big yellow highlights, mind you. But rather, had been administered by a mass marketing email company that sent advertisements for Trump hotels and hundreds of other clients, yet had no connections to Trump himself. Who'd have thunk it? It has long been known that the Trump Alpha Bank story was a fraud. A report issued in December 2019 by the DOJ's Inspector General revealed that the FBI's investigations, whether there was a cyberlink between the Trump Organization and Alpha Bank, but concluded by early February 2017 that there were no such links. Special Counsel Robert Mueller, remember the Mueller probe? And man, just a little side note here. Everybody, all these leftists and Democrats and blue checkmark pricks were like, this is it. This is it. Mueller's gonna gonna blow the lid on Trump. This is over. It's done for Trump. Mueller's our fucking hero, our patron saint of investigations. And then when Mueller's like, yeah, we found nothing, they're all like, Mueller's in the pocket of Donald Trump. The story flipped that goddamn quickly. It was such an immediate switcheroo. They're like, oh, fuck Mueller. After they spent like a whole year sucking this man's dick. Fascinating. It's gonna be my catchphrase. Fascinating. Be like a uh, cowboy commie. Amazing. <laughs> I love it. Side note here. Gypsy Crusader and Catboy Commie. I love them. They are the funniest fucking thing I've ever watched. Amazing. Actually, I posted two of their videos I got from 4chan on my YouTube channel. And I got two strikes for each of them. So any day now, my YouTube channel of like 10 years is going to be gonzos. It's all right. I mean, when I was covering uh, the voter fraud shit, my Twitch got deleted. So, you know, there's that. if you look up Inside Four Walls Twitch, it now says unless you have a time machine, this content is unavailable. Anyway, uh, Robert Mueller, though so little of this alleged plot that he did not even bother to mention in his comprehensive final report, which admitted that, quote, the investigation did not establish that the members of the Trump campaign conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in its election interference activities. And, quote, even though the more anti-Trump Senate Intelligence Committee report acknowledged that while unable to explain the data, quote, the committee did not find the DNS activity reflected in the existence of covert communications between Alpha Bank and the Trump Organization personnel. Despite all this, this fraud, one of many former Russiagate scandals, uh, scandal played a significant role in shaping the media coverage of the 2016 election, spurred on by Hillary Clinton herself. The liberal sector of the corporate media used this fake claim to bolster their narrative that Trump and the Russians we're secretly in cahoots. Yeah, remember Rachel Maddow crying when, when, when this all got debunked? She was in there crying, literally sobbing and holding her head. I'll say, we know he did it. How did he pay off Mueller? Mueller's a Democrat. Mueller was one of the hardcore anti-Trump Democrats. And Trump was still like, you want to run my investigation? Find out if there was any fraud. Find out if I'm a... A Russian operative. I'll be the first to say it. I don't think Trump has it in him to be a fucking Russian spy. Though, Trump as Black Widow would be fascinating. 
I love this. And I, I just... I love this. Like, there's no way getting around it. I, I, I love when this kind of shit happens. You know, they have a narrative. They run it for so long. I've already read stories that fully debunked Russiagate. But this is like... This is that final nail in the fucking coffin of Russiagate. And the best part is, no mainstream media is going to cover it. This is why I've started doing my own thing. Sure, my numbers are nowhere near as big as they were when I was with bigger companies. But that's fine. You know, the people, like the 500 or so of you that listen to this podcast on a regular basis... My insiders, as I'm starting to call you, you know, you guys know what's going on. And you guys fact check me occasionally. You're like, hey, you got this wrong. And I appreciate that. But when it comes to a lot of stories like this, you guys comment, like, I tried to fact check you, but it turns out everything you said checks out. And yeah, for the most part, it does. The things I get wrong are my little offhanded comments I make because I'm drawing off memories from like years ago. And I just want to say, you know, I, I appreciate you guys being here for, for my absolute enjoyment that is this. <laughs> Anyway, back to the article. And the story of how they spread this disinformation involves not just potentially criminal, criminally outlined in this indictment of Hillary Clinton's lawyer, but even more seriously, a rotted, deeply corrupted media. Yeah. The roots are poisoned in this. And it's on Fox, too. Uh, the only people on Fox that I, I, I actually enjoy are the people that, when you look into it, they don't have a... They're not actually hired by Fox. They're like these independent contractors, like uh, Tucker Carlson's independent contractor, uh, Greg Guffield. I have I have some gripes with Greg Guffield, uh, but it's hard for me not to watch him. I grew up watching Red Eye back in the day, and that, and that's just you know he he's a childhood hero of mine. Though I, I do not like how he backpedaled on the whole Derek Chauvin George Floyd incident. Regardless of how you feel about that. Because leading up to it, before the riots broke out, he was like, this is clearly, uh, uh, you know, not a murder we're watching. Derek Chauvin did not kill this man. His knee's not on his neck. And, and you know, originally it was very pro-Chauvin, and then the riots broke out, you know, all over the country where Antifa and BLM burned shit to the fucking ground. And then Greg Guffield was like, this is the perfect verdict. I'm happy he's going in from first-degree murder. And, uh... Yeah, everyone on the five jumped, and I'm like, "What the fuck are you talking about, dude? You were just saying a few short months ago how hap how, how this was clearly being abused and manipulated by the media. Now you're sitting here saying this." Judge Janine Pirro, somebody else I, I really like, and she was the main person who got in Gutfield's case for backpedaling on his uh on his approach to that story. Uh, Tucker Carlson's a fascinating case because he, you know, he's been on MSNBC, CNN, Fox. He's, he's made the rounds. He was a political analyst. He was the political analyst for CNN back in the day. And then he saw how corrupt they were getting. He left and went to Fox and did his own thing. Oddly enough, the slide he took up uh, took over for Fox. Uh, Fox journalist, I can't think of her name right now, went to CNN. And man, she just gets so much hate. I don't blame it. You know, and many people see her as going to the enemy. I think most of Fox is controlled opposition. Like Sean Handy, I think he's controlled opposition. I don't like Sean Handy particularly. I don't trust him. Plus, he wears a CIA pin every episode. Like, come on, dude. And I know this is whole story that Trump bought him the pin and whatnot. I just don't trust Sean Hannity. Uh, and I don't necessarily believe the claims that Bill O'Reilly sexually assaulted anyone. You know, I follow that man for years and years and years and years. I've at least listened to the audio format of most of his Killing Whoever series. I just, I don't see it. So when these people get pushed out to the outer limits, I, I, I tend to trust their, uh, 
their stories, their claims, and their coverage a lot more than I do with people on actual Fox News. And CNN's a shit show from start to finish, but it is important to see how they're covering it and spinning a narrative right now. Anyway, I, I need to quit getting sidetracked to finish the story. We're almost done. The indictment reveals for the first time that the data used as the basis for this fraud was obtained by another one of Sussman's con- uh, concealed clients and, quote, un- uh, sorry, an unnamed tech executive who, quote, exploited his access to non-public data at multiple internet companies to conduct opposition research concerning Trump, quote, there will be, presumably, be more disclosures shortly about who this tech executive was, which internet companies had private data, and that he accused, and how that was used to spin the web of Alpha Bank fraud. But the picture that emerges is already very damning, particularly of the Russia Gate sector of the corporate press. End quote. The central role uh, played by the media in perpetuating this scam on the public, on public all with the goal with the goal of manipulating election outcomes. You know what's funny? For the last four years, Democrats peddled the whole, the election was stolen from Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton won. There's voter fraud everywhere. We need to do audits. We need to do all these election audits and prove that Hillary Clinton won. And now that Trump supporters and people on the right in general, as well as many independent voters coming over to the Trump side that voted for Biden in the 2020 election, are now saying we need audits. We need to investigate these outcomes. You know, there was clearly voter fraud. And now they went from being the one saying there's voter fraud to saying you should never question the, the sanctity and security of America's democracy. How dare you question the election system? There was no fraud. Have you no shame? And yet for the last four years, they were constantly saying, Hillary won. Trump's a big meanie dude who had worked with Russia to get elected. He's a Russian asset. And now they're the ones condemning it. It's very fucking funny to me. The absolute spin on this shit. It's sort of the whole rules for thee but not for me situation. And I find it absolutely disgusting. It is hard to overstate the fictitious story that was first published on October 31st, 2016 by Slate in an article by Franklin Feuer, F-O-E-R, Feuer, who, like so many Russiagate uh, fraudsters, has since been promoted to the Atlanta by the magazine's Iraqi War fundraiser editor-in-chief, or... Iraq War fraudster editor-in-chief Jeffrey Goldberg. Yeah, uh, Jeffrey Goldberg was the one that peddled that they had weapons of mass destruction in EUIDs, and they never did. That was just a, a lie the Bush administration peddled to invade Iraq, and, you know, we, we've seen what happened over the last 20 years there. Uh, <laughs> published just over a week before the election... The article posed this question in its headline, quote, Was a Trump server communicating with Russia? Slate left no doubt about the answer by splashing this claim across the top of the page. Shame, you hate to see it. Slate, October. Oh, this is a a picture of Slate from 2016. Where he goes, Donald Trump gives gives a fist pump to the ground crew as he arrives on his plane, St. 
at St. Augustine, Florida, October 24th. Read Frank, Franklin Fowers follow-up story for new statements from the Trump campaign and Alpha Bank analysis of the uh, competing theories about the server and evidence of his activities. The greater miracle of the internet is that this exists. The second greatest is that it persists. Every so often we're reminded that bad actors wield great skill and have little conscious about the harm they inflict on the world. That's the headline there. Again, it's all projection. It's absolutely projection in and out. There was, back to the article, by the way, this isn't from the, the excerpt I just quipped. This is Greenwald again. There was, needless to say, no disclosure from Slate that it was Hillary's own lawyer, the now indicted Michael Sussman, who was pushing this story and providing the data to support it, including meeting with the FBI 12 days earlier. Foer insisted instead credited this discovery to a group of scholarly digital researchers who disclosed the incriminating data, though, in Fewer's words, quote, pure happenstance. Mm. There were, from the start, all sorts of reasons to doubt the veracity of this article. Shortly after publication of the Slate article, several media outlets published stories explaining why, one, of those were what sorry, I lost my place. It jumped on me a little bit. For that for publications, slate articles, several media outlets pushed theories explaining why. Alright, sorry, it jumped on me. I, I these pop up ads sometimes and, and they just fuck with what I'm reading. <sighs> there was from the start, all sorts of reasons to doubt the veracity of this article. Shortly after publishing of the Slate article, several media outlets pushed stories explaining why. One of those was the outlet where I worked for, at the time, The Intercept, which used four experts in digital security and other tools of journalistic in investigation to publish an article. Two days after Fowler's headline, quote, Here's a problem with the story connected to Russia connecting Russia to Donald Trump's email servers. The team of journalists and data experts had reviewed the same data as Slate and concluded that, quote, the information was reviewed that was that we reviewed was filled with inconsistencies and uh Vagarties? Uh, we're familiar with V A G A R I-E-S. Vagaries? Mm. I'm illiterate. <laughs> Quote the great Alex Jones. I'll be honest with you, I'm kind of retarded. And said, of the key findings on which Slate re replied, or relied, quote, this is simply untrue and easily disprovable using public available information. And quote, beyond that, the New York Times published a story the day after Fowler's report, which reported about the Alpha Bank claims, quote, the FBI ultimately concluded that there could be an uh, innocuous explanation, like a marketing email scam for the computer's contacts. Hold on, let me just restart this recording.
something I, I, I wish my recording software would fix is it only allows me to record about a half hour of audio at a time. And when my episodes tend to run 45 minutes to an hour or so, well, you know, it makes me have to stop, uh, save that part, and then record another part. So when there's like weird cuts in it or weird pitch changes from what you hear on one part of the episode to another, that's why. It's because it's not all in one take necessarily, and that's not always my choice. But let's finish this article up. Back to the article. Indeed. Or let me just, uh... Yep. Indeed, according to international emails obtained by Durham's investigation, the researchers with whom Sussman was working warned him warned him that the information was woefully inadequate to justify claims that Trump secretly communicate Trump was secretly communicating with the Russian bank, and that only that only Amos agents Amos against Trump would lead someone to believe that this evidence supported such a claim. See paragraph thirty or twenty twenty three J and K from the indictment. But by then the media's Russiagate fraud was in full force and could not be stopped by anyone. The particular host got a major boost when the candidate herself, Hillary Clinton, posted a tweet on that same day. And that is the end of this article from Glenn Greenwald. Now, my final thoughts on this, it, I've kind of already said it. I'm going to say it one more time, though. It's all projection, right? Hillary and Biden both said Trump has collusions and has ties to Russia. Just for us to find out that Hillary Clinton herself benefited from Russia collusion. And that Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's son, was the head of an energy company in Ukraine and in Russia as well. Everyone called Russia Trump, uh, called Trump a Russian asset. And then one of the first things Biden does is shut down our pipelines, the K-5 pipeline here, and then re- then opens up one for Russia, allows them to... Russia. Uh, the Nord Stream 2 pipeline is the one that Biden opened up that allowed Russia to take over our pipelines and sell all of the oil in the world, basically, to to most of Europe. <laughs> Meanwhile, for the last four years or so, America was, for the first time ever in its history, a net exporter of oil and other natural gases and resources. So who's really a Russian asset? The guy that literally handed over a multi-billion dollar a year profit to Russia through the pipeline system or the guy that made it so America received all that money. Not to mention Biden's has sent trillions and already sent uh, what half a trillion to one overseas company, uh, company. And then he sent billions and billions and billions of dollars of us money into both Palestine, Israel and other countries. What's, uh, you know, meanwhile, Trump was more focused on nation building here. Yes, Trump sent money to these other countries, and I absolutely have deep, deep problems with that. I don't think we should be funding other countries, especially other countries we provide some sorts of security to, because they should be paying us for protecting them. I think Canada should be paying us a lot of money, because they're not protected by the crown anymore. Most of Europe doesn't protect Canada, even though Canada still basically worships the queen and the ground she walks on. 
They rely on America's Navy, Air Force, and military to keep them safe from external threats. Yet we pay them billions of dollars every year for some fucking reason. That's a great I've always had with Trump. He he got he started to work on that, and then no matter how you feel about what happened in 2016, a lot of those deals fell through the ground, unfortunately. I'm very much uh, an isolationist kind of guy. I think America would benefit greatly from becoming isolationist and defending our borders exclusively. But with this, you know, this investigation here, right, Hillary Clinton's top lawyer and top dude with the Clinton campaign going down in flames could really open up a doorway, right? This could open up a door to lead to more and more investigations into people tied to Hillary. Over the last year and a half, we've seen multiple people high-ranking in Hillary Clinton's like, would-be administration and part of her political campaigns and Clinton Foundation founders all resigning and leaving the leaving these groups in the droves, right? I think there's something deep and disgusting going on behind the scenes that will come to light at some point down the road. I'm going to quote the Bible here and say, Sure as I have made brightness and darkness and black and white, what is done in the dark will be brought to the light. Can't give you the exact part of the Bible where that proverb comes from, but I can almost safely say that even with this administration, we're seeing cracks in the foundations of the Democratic Party show. More and more people are starting to leak information out. Now, whether Trump comes to get back in 2024 and wins or loses, I think he has gotten the ball rolling on this sort of thing. More and more people are awakened and look not woke, but awakened. And they're seeing everything that's going wrong in our system. They're seeing the corruption, the deep-seated divides in the Democratic Party. He's also exposed the rhinos in the Uniparty on the right. And on top of that, he exposed the big media and the big corporate press and the fake news that they propagate every fucking day. He showed that it's not just on the left side of media, but also on the right side of media as well. And through that, level of distrust has been instilled in the American population. You've seen people like me, Tim Pool, Stephen Crowder, and other independent journalistic groups and news coverage groups like that start to rise and gain more and more relevance over the period of the last three years or so. And one of the main reasons that broke that is Russiagate. Everyone was following MSNBC, CNN, and MSN very closely for these stories. And then when Russiagate got shot down hard, like it got firing squad in front of the entire country, a lot of people broke their trust in the system. It shattered the faith people had in the system. And with that, you see, well, you see a lot of people wearing the they live sunglasses and, and seeing the, the frauds that operate every day behind the scenes and right in front of us in the foreground. With that being my final thought, I want to say thank you for listening to the podcast, and I will see you here at 1 o'clock for another upload. This is your host, James Madison, signing out, and wishing you a great rest of your morning.